You are on top powder. One euro radio. Stand up, get up. The echo of your voice and the heartbeats of your sound. Let your voice be heard and come join us at Top Powder. from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. We are glad that you've tuned in on our weekly episode on Talk Powder Radio. Welcome, my name is Manuela van Leeuwen and I'm very blessed to be your host for this episode. And today we have another special young voice. His name is Antonin, Antonin du Jardin Terry. Do I pronounce it right? Yes. Yes. Hi, Antonin. Hi, guys. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yes, happy to be here. So let's go and discover what Anthony has to share with us today. And we're going to talk about music and how he expresses himself in music. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are first. Introduce yourself. Sure, yes. Uh, yeah, my name is Anthony, like I mentioned before. Uh, I'm 18 years old and I am American French. I was born in the U.S., but I moved around a bit during my teenage years. I moved from, I lived in America until I was 13, and then I moved to Sweden, and I lived there for a year, and then I moved to the Netherlands, where I've now stayed for the last four years. I'm currently uh, doing a bachelor's for uh, engineering in Rotterdam, and um, but music is a very big hobby of mine, and it's always been a big hobby of mine. It's also been very important in my life. And um, I found, especially in this last year, with everything that's been going on with Corona and all the other changes in the world, that music has helped me get through a lot of a lot of those things, and also helps me to express how I feel about. Wow, that's a big thing. So I understand you've been living here for four years now, and I was that's thinking correct. you were 14 years, right? Yes. So it must have been a big step for you moving from United States and then to Europe. And yes, then yes. ending up in the Netherlands. And have you been here before? Um, no, I've, I've been here like a few times in the airport, but I don't count that. You know what I mean, I never actually traveled to the Netherlands. It was mainly just to go from to visit because when I was visiting my family in France, I would go through Amsterdam. So I was used to Dutch, not very well, but I, I had heard Dutch. And actually, the funny thing is, ever since I was eight years old, I've always wanted to learn Dutch because I would hear it all the time in the airports. And I loved how it sounded. I thought it was funny as well. So, um, what was funny about it? What was so funny about it? Um, I like, I just like the noises, especially the guttural sounds, like the the, the guttural noises in Dutch. And I, I also, I just liked how it sounded, the the cadence of the okay. language as well. It was like a song in a way. Do you think it's quite similar to Sweden because you were in Sweden as well? Do you recognize something um, in the pronunciation or in the language, Sweden and Netherlands, or not really? The language, yes. The pronunciation, not really. But I do notice some words that are similar. Uh, yeah, words. Yeah, um, like "goedag." They say uh, I don't remember how they say it in Swedish, but it's very similar. There's also just very a lot of words that are so like "bloemen" is the same word, for example, for flowers. Oh. So there are words that are very similar, and also, I mean, they're both Germanic languages, so I would assume that also helps. So it did. It did kind of help in a way to learn Swedish and then Dutch. That helped a lot with my Dutch. I would say. Okay. So when you came here to live here, right, um, 
What was your first impression of the Netherlands? Do you remember? So, yes, I do actually, because it was a very big um, act uh, change and a very big moment for me the first day in Amsterdam. So um, when we moved to Sweden, in a way, I was very excited, but I was also kind of, it was not really what I was looking for in Sweden. It was kind of, a, I'm going to say a disappointment for me because Yeah, there was a lot of changes about what, what kind of food that was available and other things, and I, I missed a lot of things from home. Uh, but when I came to Amsterdam, I, in a way, a lot of those things came back. I mainly like Asian food or things like that. Like, we went to the Albert Heijn, and all of a sudden, all these things that weren't in Sweden, like iced tea, mm. stupid things, iced tea, uh, yeah, like small little spices, like all these things were back, and it just felt so nice. It just felt like I was coming home, even though I wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I knew from day one, like this, this is this is my home. I don't know how, but it is. But you, you also know that there are 180 nationalities in Amsterdam. Really? Yes, 180. So there's such a diversity, and you can yeah. also see that in uh, in the kitchen and in the food. So oh, that's definitely. why there's so there are so many options just to to have your food here in Amsterdam. So your yeah. first impression was actually the the dishes and the and the the what the diversity in the food, right? Yes, and uh, actually, with I remember that was also the first time that I tried Indonesian food. Indonesian food, I love that. Same, it's really good. And is it true that um, Dutch people are hooked on licorice? They say drop. Yeah. Do you know that? Oh, yes, I do. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know a lot about it, but it is. Well, I mean, what I do know is that it was the first time really that I had seen so many people eating it because in America it was also there, uh, licorice, but it wasn't really like, I don't know. It was not really a candy that I would see most kids eat. For example, it was more like, I don't know, the old person's candy maybe, but like, it, yeah, I came here and then especially when I started going to Dutch schools, I also noticed that like, yeah, everyone in, in the breaks was going to the store to get licorice. And I, that did surprise me at first. I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know? And did you did you easily adapt uh, at school? Oh uh, yes, actually, I, I was quite surprised because in Sweden I didn't really much, but in the Netherlands I really found that um, the youth here really tried to involve everyone, including the newbies, which is which I liked a lot because in America and Sweden it was kind of the opposite. Maybe it was because of the schools I went to, but yeah, like came when I came here, it really felt like they wanted to involve me, even though they didn't know me that well. Oh, that's a good sign, isn't it? Definitely, definitely, definitely. You so you didn't really feel like a stranger when you came. No, I, I like that a lot. Like in the beginning, of course, I did when I didn't go to school right away. It was a bit kind of a I was a bit lonely in Amsterdam because it was like you know I was a new city. But yeah, I quickly uh, made friends very quickly. So wow, that was nice. but you are very open as well. I mean, we met you in Rogo Amsterdam also when you were 14 years. I remember you coming in with your mom. <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> that was awesome. And since then, we still we'll still keep in touch. So now and then, you've been involved in different youth exchanges. Did that help you to develop yourself? Oh, definitely. Well, in, in so many ways, actually. I, when I look back at those programs, honestly, I feel like a lot of a lot of the life skills that I've learned came from those programs. I could talk about honestly. I could talk a lot about it. Well, okay. There's a social aspect. I learned so many social skills. Also, like how, how to be better social with people, also how to 
because you know during most of those programs we would stay overnight with people too so you also have to learn different ways about how to to not live with people but in a way you know what i mean you're not living with them but you kind yes. of you're, you're staying overnight mm-hmm. yeah so like and now that i live in example in a student house i a lot of those skills that i developed during those programs i feel like they've really helped me to become independent now yes and, yes in that way but also um yeah the way that you also how fast you learn you make friendships because in those programs you 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 meet people you've never met before and i felt always even though it was only three days or four days it always felt like i knew them afterwards for years That's because true. it's like you make such a big bond in those programs And, and I love that. And that's Honestly. why it's a lifelong learning program, right? The Erasmus Plus Youth Exchanges. Do you still have people like friends that you still connected with now? Yes, actually, from uh, from each of the projects, actually. Yes. Really? Yes. Um, uh, which one? Uh, well, from the from the Netherlands, I still sometimes talk to Isabel uh, L. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the music uh, that was the first one was it in Italy and the one in uh, the Netherlands as well? Yes, yes, and Sardinia. Sardinia, yeah, that's the one in Italy. Yeah, yes, yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And also, you've been involved not only as a participant for the youth exchanges, but you've been helping out on a training as well with Isabel that, that you was, just mentioned. That's correct. Yeah, and Safak. Yeah, that was that's a correct. totally different approach, right? Mm, yes, that was also very interesting, actually, because uh, also because of different ages as well. Because during the during the youth groups, it was really focused on the youth, but during that uh, during that time, there was a more it was more focused on adults in a way, or you know, yes. older youth. So that was also interesting because during that uh, event, I was able to talk to people older than me, and I could hear their stories, and that was really interesting. I remember there was um, what was her name again? There was a woman from Romania. And she was talking, I remember talking to her about Romania and the customs there and yeah, how she got involved. And it's just very interesting. It was really interesting to hear an older person's view. Yes. So um, within the yes. whole youth work and the Erasmus Plus program, we can say that it really has helped you to develop your own skills, your own personality and the way you're living now. And it really helped you in your in your situation right now. Definitely. Yes. So what I was wondering, so you are now living in Rotterdam? So you moved yes, from, when did you move from Amsterdam to Rotterdam? Uh, July, uh, summer 2020. So 2020 is a very historical year yes, for a lot definitely. of people. So something good came out of that for you. I mean, definitely. do you like it in Rotterdam? Yes, I do. It's a very um, different, I would say, city from Amsterdam. I do miss Amsterdam, but I, yeah, Rotterdam is just, well, especially since I study uh, And structural engineering with buildings. I really like the different architectural approaches in Rotterdam. And yeah, it's just a, it's a nice, uh, it's a very nice city. I would say yes, it's a lot bigger too, which is interesting because I'm not used to such a big city in the Netherlands. I'm used to smaller cities like Amsterdam or yeah, Den Bosch or other smaller cities. You know what I mean? So it's very, it is. I would say yes, I am happy. Uh, you've had some uh, experience yourself, but not specifically in a pandemic, but um, coping in a, a time where everything is new. Uh, things are uncertain and challenging, moving to a new country, adapting to a new culture. How do you deal with the pandemic uh, as it is quite now? And it's very complicated and uncertain time for a lot of people. Um, how do you deal with it? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it is definitely at times at times it's definitely difficult. But I would say the main ways that I deal with it, there's a few different ways. One 
I always try to communicate with the people around me and in a way actually a lot more than I ever have in my life. When I was younger, I used to think, you know what, I'm going to just try to solve things on my own. But then the more and more, especially during the pandemic, I realized that you need to involve everyone around you. Even this, even the people that you didn't really involve much before. I don't know, the one neighbor next to you, the friend that you didn't call that often, your grandma, if you didn't talk to her too much before. Like, for example, for me with my grandma, I, I used to call her, but not that often. But now we call every week. You know what I mean? I always try to talk to my parents too every day. Yeah, talking. I, I realized that keeping keeping yourself involved with your social network helps so much because by sharing your stress and by sharing, in a way, the the heaviness of everything that's happening and the uncertainty, it, it helps to keep yourself calm and also to realize you're not the only one that's stressed and having to deal with it. It's a it's a social problem as well. You know what I mean? So you, so you actually, you were able to reach out for help, like to people around you, like your parents or your grandparents. My friends, yes. Because not everyone has that, right? Like a social True. network. Do you appreciate it much more now that you have been through this difficult situation? And even now, I mean, we're still in a lockdown. True. You're right. Yes. Uh, yes, I do appreciate it a lot more. The social, uh, especially, uh, I'm especially very thankful for my friends a lot more now, now that I realize too how hard it is to make new friends. But um, yeah, I would say I'm definitely very uh, grateful for the, especially also for the ability to, to talk so easily online and stuff with my friends. Like, I feel like if it happened 10 years ago, it would have been a lot harder. That's true. And have you still, are you, um, have you been thinking more about the future or still doing that? Definitely. Uh, well, also, yeah, I've been thinking more, but I also, I feel like my view on things has changed a lot more uh, for both the good and the bad. But, but what I mean is I feel in a way that the fact that things are also so uncertain, it sucks and, and it has made me sad and also made me feel scared at times. But in a way, I feel like it's also good because the truth is things were are always kind of uncertain. You know what I mean? Even before Corona, things were not, nothing is stable. I mean, there are, things are stable, but what I mean is things can always change. So I feel like, in a way, the, the pandemic it can be seen as, as positive in some sense because then it, it's kind of training people how to deal with that uncertainty in a, in a healthy way, mm -hmm. if that, you know, as much as they can, by trying to reach out with people, by, I don't know, for me, working out, for example, I've also worked out a lot more during the quarantine because I realized that's a good way, in a way, to kind of force my head to stop thinking about uh, what's happening around me mm -hmm. or with music as well. I noticed that um, for a long time in the beginning of the quarantine and the, with the pandemic, especially I started feeling sad and nostalgic because I missed life before Corona. You know what I mean? I would start listening to songs that I used to listen to beforehand, but then I realized, you know what songs are. And then I realized songs are really powerful because when I listened to that one song before Corona, it, it brings me to that world. So then I, I realized slowly, why don't I try to learn new to, to find new songs? That way, instead of feeling so nostalgic and looking in the past, I can try to create a better future for myself, but also create a better image of the present mm -hmm. by finding new songs and by finding new ways, in a way, to cope with the now well, instead of trying to run away from it. So do you do you write your own songs as well, or do you play songs? Um, what, what do you play? 
Uh, well, I, I uh, play the guitar. Uh, usually, uh, my main thing with the guitar, I usually like to try and learn songs by ear. But I do also write my own songs. In fact, during the quarantine, I wrote uh, I wrote a song um, with no singing, but it was uh, an instrumental song, and it was actually about Amsterdam because I knew that I was going to move, and I, in a way, I, I felt a lot of things about that. Amsterdam has been a very important city for me. I I developed, I would say, the majority of my teenage years in Amsterdam. I've made a lot of friends there. I've had a lot of sad and happy moments there. So it's a very, you know, emotional, very um, big city for me. So leaving it, I, I felt a lot of things and I felt like I needed to express it. And, you know, especially during quarantine, I couldn't be with my friends as much. So I, even though I had the social network, it wasn't there as much. So I couldn't express it as much. So I thought, you know, why don't I try to make a song to try and express Amsterdam and also as, as a token to remind myself of Amsterdam when I miss when I miss it yes. so um, I decided to try and I, I did a few things actually I based the song off of songs that I found out of in Amsterdam like songs that I, I became like I learned about in Amsterdam and I made a riff close to that and I also involved sounds that I found that I that were that you know are native to Amsterdam and I involved them in the song to try and so that way when I'm missing Amsterdam, whenever I'm homesick, if you will, I can listen to the song, listen to those like melodies that I that remind me of the songs I, I had found out about of in Amsterdam. And also I could just hear the, the tram, I could hear the bike, I could hear the water of the canals splash like uh, you know, hitting the side of the, the canals. I could hear all those things. I could hear the the noise of the Amstel Station check-in um, machine, and I could yeah. just remember those memories. And you know what I mean. I could remind myself as well that even though with all these things happening, life feels so different and scary and uncertain, it will come back. It always does. Yes. There's so many horrific things that have happened in humanity: the world wars, other pandemics. Yet. In a way, it still it still came back. You know what I mean. I, I was still able to live a good life, and the truth is, there were so many terrible things that happened before me. It's so, so good it to back. have such a good expectation and to have so much hope, and that yeah, you take it day by day and give yourself also the permission to know that we are all um, managing uh, more challenges than usual. But at the same time, you know, we can do something about it and just um, be thankful. For the way we can express ourselves, especially sure. now in music, this is your tool. How you actually um, um, being challenged in this time, and mm -hmm. that you use this guitar and music um, just to deal with this whole situation, right? And um, we're going to listen later on. We go to listen to your um, music, to your guitar playing, and did you start your guitar lessons did you start it somewhere or did you learn it from learn it yourself from youtube or oh um so actually guitar has also been a very big uh thing for me i actually started learning guitar around the time when i was six years old because my uncle used to play guitar all the time and he was a very big influence for me so i always wanted to learn guitar because he was he was playing guitar and so for my sixth birthday my parents got me my first guitar and i started getting lessons for the teacher and i had lessons until i moved away from um, America. And then uh, in Sweden, I had lessons too for a very short time. But then in the Netherlands, ever since, I've not had lessons. And actually, the funny thing is, I feel like I learned the most without lessons. With, I mean, with the lessons, I learned the basics and it helps. So I definitely think it's useful to have lessons. But 
when I when I the period when I didn't have lessons, I, in a way, I, it was it forced me to have to learn by myself. And the way I then learned is by listening to lots of songs and also trying to just play it on my own. And uh, yeah, it's a different way of learning. So I, I feel like I, I learned kind of both ways with with lessons and without. So where's your guitar now? Can you pick it up? Yes, actually, yeah. I have it with me. Let's hear it. Right it. <laughs> um, yeah, the, my guitar is always with me. <laughs> yeah, um, well, if you would like, yeah, I can definitely play a song. Um, I can show you one of the first songs, actually, that I, I was able to figure out by myself in Amsterdam. Not the first, but... One of the most important, it's a Spanish melody. When I found it on YouTube, it was called Andalusia Melody. It's a kind of a Spanish guitar from Spain. And ever since, basically, the first year I moved here, I've kind of made my own version of it, in a way. And it goes something like this. That's awesome. Thank you. I would love to have a longer chat with you, Antonin. But yes. the time is almost over. We have just a sp specific time frame for this episode, unfortunately. Maybe maybe next time um, you want to give us some more of it, of what you've yeah, been doing on course. guitar. Do you also have a YouTube channel that people can see to what you've been uh, doing? Yes, I do. Um, it's uh, Mr. Monkey Fisher. Yeah, I yes. can write it down no. on the title as a description to your to this episode. So you have one, Mr. Monkey Fisher, right? That's yes, your that's YouTube channel. So people that want to listen to making your songs and to your guitar playing and also to see what you've been doing, they can subscribe on Mr. Monkey yes, Fisher. Yes, um, although I don't really... I post a lot more on my Instagram uh, account and that's... Uh, I can also say it if you want. It's yes, Anto... DT, D Terry. I, I can also send it. Okay, please send it to us and then we'll make sure that it will be also uh, registered on this episode. Thank so, you. just last question for you, for those youngsters that are listening now. How would you help them to navigate through an unsteady time like this season in their life? And you gave already a glimpse of it, but what do you have on your heart that you still want to share? To summarize, I would say one, communicate. Just, you know, continue talking with everyone around you. Try and involve everyone because the thing is, everyone kind of need. we all need each other. You know what I mean? Even if it's a small hello to your friend, just yes. try and involve, communicate. Just exactly. do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, second, I would say try and do new things. Try to make the best of this, you know, quarantine, this uh, having to stay at home. I don't know. Try that one dish that you never had time to do. Uh, try to learn that one instrument you never had time to do. Um, you can organize things that you didn't have time to do. I mean, all those tasks that, you know, before in our, in our busier lives, we would we didn't really have the time to do. But now we do, you know what I mean? Um, 
yeah, I'm going to emphasize really on the instrument part. Um, yeah, this is a great time to learn an instrument because you have the time to practice, you have the time to make the mistakes, and you have the time, you know what I mean? So especially for, uh, for the youth, I would say as well, this is a good time because uh, with school and everything as well, there's a bit more time, I would say, with online lessons and all that. You might have a bit more time without the, having to travel to, to do that. Mm -hmm. So I would say definitely do that as well. Um, also, try to go outside if you can. Of course, if there's um, I mean, a curfew or whatever, then that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I also noticed that ever since the quarantine, I've enjoyed my walks a lot more. Fresh, you know, fresh, uh, fresh air to breathe. Uh, some music, even just going to sit on a bench and just observe the nature around you, if it's possible, of course. Yeah, it makes you more aware of the important things in life. Even if it's just Definitely. a small thing, it makes you much more aware exactly. of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I would say too, especially in Amsterdam, when I still lived there during quarantine, it made me fall in love with my city in a different way. Because you you observe it differently. There's things, you know, you have so much time outside as well. And then life is different too, because there's not as much happening outside. So then you 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 learn different things about your own city, and that's also really beautiful. Because when the, when it's all over, then you're like, huh, like th that was a different perspective of mm -hmm. my own city, and that's really beautiful as well. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Antonin, for sharing thank your you. views and your experience in this very timely encouragement for our listeners and for everyone listening. Thank you for being here. We look forward to have you back again next week. Don't leave yet, but we can get caught up while we are listening to the sound of Amsterdam, accompanied by a little bit of background music with Antonin playing his guitar, one of his songs on YouTube, and enjoy.
You are on top powder. Thank you.